Peace, love, and fish keys family. This is the fifth installment of our special um, edition of Pashmi's Politics, Telling Our Stories. And I'm here with the homie, Hannah. Hey. What's going on, boo? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thanks for volunteering. Um, so we met um, organizing. And we have become quick turnout partners. You know, that's our thing. <laughs> we like to push each other. You know, if I'll go through it, you go through it. Yeah, absolutely. The homie. Um, but also, she's just really um, brilliant in her own right. Um, you do a lot of, professionally, you do a lot of, like, strategic planning and helping organizations kind of do an about-face. Um, so that's always an interesting thing, I'm sure, you know, helping organizations restructure. Um, but also just, you know, introduce yourself, tell people where you're from, your pronouns, things like that. All right. Well, yeah, I'm Hannah. I am, um, originally from Alabama. I've been in Philly for almost a decade now. So I think I like, I think 10 years is when you can get like official Philly drawing status. Yes. I'm so close. Queen <laughs> Supreme John has crowned you. You you get your John badge. Hey, you get it. I, get I, mean, it. I feel like ten years is Early a long time. Right, like ten years is. A, I feel like ten years is enough because you you were in Philly when it was still real real black, hey. and you've been here long enough to see the actual bullshit. Absolutely, in in West Philly, no less the entire time. So like literally seeing the neighborhood change um, while I've been here has been a whole a whole kind of experience in and of itself. So. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, and uh, your pronouns, if you don't mind. I'm she, her. Uh, and I've been identifying as queer for most of my late 20s. I'm 30 now, so so for a little while. So the main question I've really been asking is, like, when did you know? Like, <laughs> when did you know that you were different from all the other kids in Alabama? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's such an interesting thing because um, for me... Identifying as queer has always been more than just um, who I'm sleeping with, who I'm um, in a relationship with. Um, it's really become a framework for me for navigating the world um, beyond binaries. Um, it's really informed my, my activism, my work, and so all of that is is fairly recent, but like in terms of knowing that I was different, I always felt different. Um, but I didn't know much about um, the language or kind of this like framework for how people can be queer. Um, and I knew that I, I still always liked boys, and right. so um, I didn't feel right because I had friends at the time who were who were lesbians who were out and were lesbians, and I was like, well. Yeah, but kind of not. Right. Like, yeah. like that bisexual <laughs> yeah, thing doesn't really work for exactly. me. Exactly. You know, I mean, and and um, you know, bisexual visibility is also relatively new too, and and being uh, seen as valid. Right. Um, and so yeah, I guess I it took me a while to understand that, like, oh yeah, you know, it is about being on the spectrum and understanding what that means for you personally. And right. I, like. That's why I love the term queer so much because it's all encompassing right. in terms of just like and you I, don't have to choose. You don't have to choose. So I feel like in terms of queer, I've always been queer and in terms of like identifying and understanding what my queerness means to me, that didn't happen until fairly late into yeah. my twenties. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, as far as what you've done professionally, did you feel like you're, because um, I'm sure it's been like a, non, a lot of nonprofits, right? Mm-hmm. So, in those spaces, because they tend to be on the outward very liberal, right? Mm-hmm. Did you ever um, notice where you were like, okay, but I thought I was welcome here? Like those points of tension, especially when, because I, I think you have great ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, especially, you know, like when you're presenting an idea and you're saying this thing, you kind of just have to. I mean, I I don't know um, if those things were ever um, explicit. So mm-hmm. you know, the the thing they say about microaggressions is that it's only micro to the person who does them, and right. that's the person who receives them. Like any aggression feels aggressive, right? Right. Um, and so I would always kind of get some kind of pushback to to me personally, but I couldn't you know really distinguish whether this is like because I'm a black woman is it because I'm queer identified is it because I'm not thin or I'm not you know these kind of things um so I never knew really what intersection of my my identity was kind of being rejected in some of these spaces right um but yeah I've always felt kind of some some kind of pushback in in the nonprofit space or other spaces that I've worked in or, or existed in um, what about like in your, in your growing up? So grow, when you were, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place now, but like in your growing up, did you, was there ever a point, like I said, that you, that you knew and it was like, I'm actually not safe to come out in this space because like being queer in the South is actually a very like recent thing. So how long, so how long did you, you said you moved here 10 years ago. So you right after college, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, was there a point in high school where you were kind of just, like, hmm, and it was just, like, I actually can't exist in this space because of, like, where I live geographically? Um, let me think about that. I I think, once again, it was not so much about my queerness, but just my entire, well, yeah, I, I was just a peculiar kid in the South. Right. And not many people knew what to do with me in general, including, you know, my family at times. Um, and in that respect, I'm very lucky to have an older sister who I'm very close to, who, um, you know, was was open with her relationships, with her sexuality, um, before I was that before I came of age and so we already had some kind of precedent for that in my family and okay. it wasn't unfortunately it was not you know very well received right and so it is in its own way kind of showed me that like no maybe this kind of aspect of yourself you don't share with your parents even though they are at face value you know extremely progressive very mm-hmm. liberal very well educated folks they're still like you know, oh, my child, you know, not this family. Exactly. exactly. Not my baby. Exactly. And I mean, I think over the years, we've kind of, you know, pressed them and worked with them and it's gotten better, but it still feels like something that uh, was not always the most open of spaces to be in. Um, what about in college and you've gone to grad school, correct? Yes. What about in those spaces? Because that was here. Uh-huh. So living in Philadelphia, it 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 looks fairly progressive on the outside. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think Philly is such a a great place to come of age um, and kind of find yourself as a young adult, mm. um, because this was one of the yeah, this was the first truly like 
queer space that I found myself in. And I feel like, you know, forget what anybody else says, Philly is a queer as hell city. Right. And now within that space, there's still like some problematic elements in the neighborhood and, you know, in some of the organizations that are the, the major faces of um, LGBTQ life um, in the city. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being able to find, you know, like, black queer spaces black queer folks it was so easy and i just you know naturally found myself kind of gravitated to those folks right um and so it made it a whole lot easier to be like oh yeah i am queer because here look at all my look at all my people look at all my people (laughs) look at all the things that they are accomplishing look how creative they are look how fly they are out here of course of course i belong with this yeah exactly this these are my people um (laughs) I just feel like I feel like especially now with like today with what with what happened in particular with like Woody's trying to co-opt like Philly Black Pride's twentieth anniversary event and Voyeur and like the fact that they to speak to that problematic aspect, the fact that there were like people, black and brown people in particular, who were at the meetings, the community meetings in the neighborhood, like these spaces actually do not do us well. Like, yeah. the first time I ever went to Voyeur, my friend was like, I just want you to be prepared to be extremely hot. And I'm like, what? And I get it. Air in the, in the room where all the black people be? That stuff's not on. And I'm like, it's not that hot. And then I got in there and I was coming out my clothes. And I was like, oh, this is a real thing. Mm. Along with, like, Woody's, like, Woody's built Rosewood as an extension to mm. their, mm-hmm. you know, Rosewood and Globar as extensions of their entity. Mm-hmm. And... You, it's still extremely separated mm-hmm. and it's extremely like inaccessible they expensive mm-hmm. like i i worry about that because um i often worry about the future of like black queer philadelphia mm-hmm. because there was a bar called sisters that existed yeah. And now it does not. Yeah. So now we don't have any spaces. So what, in your opinion, in your strategic planning mind, (laughs) what are some of the things that we can do to actively push back and combat, like, making sure that we have spaces for us in the city? I mean, I think the the biggest thing is is what we continue to do is is exist and be visible and to take up space. Um, And in those elements, we've been undeniable. So... They can they can take any kind of space like sisters, and we're still gonna end up with parties like the ones that Move puts on, right. or um, what are some of the other ones that we have? Like we we will find ways to be in your spaces, right? Uh, and you know Philly is such a historically black city, and despite all of the changes that are happening now, they will never be able to get rid of us. Like <laughs> they trying though. They trying. And it feels it feels like high key oppressive. Like whenever I look at like, you know, the homelessness right here for mm-hmm. OBGCQ folks mm-hmm. and I look at, you know, even the fact that like Pennsylvania still actively discriminates against people like for for their sexuality, it mm-hmm. low key feels like there is no hope. So, you know, that's why I was just asking about, like, the strategic, like, ways we can move. Yeah, we, like, I mean, I think we're doing the things. I'm not one who believes much in um, representative politics, but I know a lot of people do, and we have elections coming up. And so, I mean, if that's something that's important to you and you believe, like, representation and, and that matters, then, you know, voting, running, vetting candidates, pushing candidates, um, 
I think starting organizations like you had Jabri on the one of the past episodes mm-hmm. talking about you know coming up with this um, Freedom Barbell Club and even though it's not explicitly like a queer space just having Jabri create that space is inherently queer right yeah and so creating creating opportunities and spaces and things like that I mean, I think those are all the ways that that we do it I mean you know, we, we're in organizations that are mindful of making sure that queer folks are in leadership positions. Definitely. That they're informing policy. Right. Um, that they're kind of creating more agency and space for others. And right. I think those are all the all the ways that we continue to do this work. So, um, I want to talk a bit about, like, the organizing piece. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know a lot of queer folks, like you said, who are currently... Um, in organizing space, in organizing spaces, making a whole lot of shit happen. Yeah. But I often sometimes feel like we aren't doing enough. Mm-hmm. So what are some ways, in your opinion, that we can continue to do more to elevate those folks? Yeah, I mean, I really, we need to make sure that we are putting people in leadership positions. I mean, things that... We, all of us can be doing better is like elevating the visibility and voices of trans women, black trans women in particular. Right. I mean, in Philly, we've had a couple murders, and I think there's a lot of work for all of us to do to make sure that like trans people are safe, trans people have employment, that they have representation, that they have shelter, all of these things. Like, those are that's what I'm thinking about now. I was like, how can we be doing that better? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's I making sure that people are in the room, noticing when folks aren't in the room and what are the barriers to them being there. Uh, and continuing to just reevaluate ourselves and being able to recognize when we are not meeting those standards and fixing it. Yeah, that's... That's super important. To kind of jump back to the personal bit, because this kind of came up in my mind. What's your favorite part of, like, your story? Of, like, being out and and kind of just, like, the moment where all the fairy dust just kind of, like, flew out. And it's just, <laughs> like, here I, I mean, the, you know, the, the story of me, like, quote-unquote coming out is, um, as most people, it's not a fairy tale at all. It was, like... <laughs> a Christmas holiday and I was actually having a fight with my mother and I like yelled it at her like you know like I'm you know what and also and guess what mom you know what you're really upset now you're gonna be really mad in a second because also here this is who I am this you've known this I've known this everybody's probably known this for forever but here I am I'm saying it and um and so having kind of that moment of just like here it is laying it out and even though it was done in anger and definitely not done in the best way like it was a, it was a weight lifted off it's like nobody can tell me anything my mama knows my sister knows my family knows my like people I work with know my friends know I am I am free I am out here there's nobody that can say anything to me about myself that I don't know right and. I think that's the most beautiful part is like, yeah, you really cannot tell me shit about myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
because guess what? Yeah. Guess who knew it first? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's my. I think that's my favorite part. I think that's also influenced like the way that I move in the world. Yeah. It's like yo, like. You can't tell me I'm loud because I know I'm loud and I know, like, I know all these, I know I'm loud, I know I'm spoiled, I know I'm a little fat. Like, there's nothing that you can say to me that can, and I think, um, Dasha and I were talking about this on the first episode, like, there's literally, like, nothing that you can say to me once I'm free. Yeah. Like, and I think that's what queerness is. It's this inherent freedom to choose how to exist, um, and to choose who has access to you, right? Yes, absolutely. And who has access to your, to your space? So if you were giving advice to other um, queer folks about how to choose who has access to them, what what are some of the ways that you've kind of, like, fielded? Yeah, I mean, really quickly, I want to um, take some time to, to um, make space for the young man... Um, Nigel. Yes. I've been trying not to think about it because I've been I trying know, not to cry. I know. It's, it's, really, it's really difficult. Um, also from Alabama, from Huntsville, where my parents currently live, mm. um, who died by suicide from being bullied about his sexuality, right? Yeah. And um, what I wish I had had the opportunity to, to tell Nigel mm. is that they don't hate your sexuality. They hate your freedom. Right. They hate that you're free. They hate that you know yourself, and they don't, right? And that's really what, when people encounter you with hate, what they're responding to is that, how dare you know yourself? How dare you love yourself? How dare you accept yourself? Right. And I would I would just tell him how beautiful that is and how, how he is able to free others, how he's going to continue. His story is going to continue to liberate others in his freedom. I just feel like it's so much harder for black queer children than it is for anybody else in the world. Oh, my goodness. Because you have to feel being black and being queer and however you're deciding to identify whatever your pronouns are, whatever color you choose in that flag, like, it's so hard. And then you're just, you still got all of that regular teenage stuff going and you on, have, too. And you, and you really just have so much life. It feels so urgent everything feels so major and so important at that time and you really just don't know like i'm 30 i i've lived twice his lifetime right right and i just and i and i believe i have so much so much in the ways that i change from year to year how much can your life can turn around in a matter of months you really just don't have that same concept of time when you're that age and i wish that we allowed them to you know, I wish we still let black kids be kids. Yeah. That we could preserve, you know, black black queer children's, their childhoods, their innocence yeah. for as long as we can. Yeah. But we, you know, we don't have that luxury. But we do have, you know, as older folks, as becoming elders in the community, you know, we have wisdom. And it's so important to, to be sharing that to be bridging that gap through mentorship, through programs, however we can. Um, because, yeah, that's, that's all we got. I, literally, it's... We're watching a generation of kids die because of how they present themselves. And it is depressing, actually. Like, I've really been trying not to think about it. Like, And I know it sounds it sounds extremely selfish, but I just feel like there's a whole lot of grief circling around right now. And... 
trying to make room for all of that has just been like really difficult for me personally mm-hmm. um because in my mind I'm I'm actually mad like mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing where I actually just want to go beat people up like <laughs> I want to go put hands on people because how dare you push a, a child to their limit because of like and then his mother got on Twitter and she said something and I retweeted it about she she retweeted a picture of the both of them and she was just like you know my baby like I never saw him any different and I'm so upset that everybody else did mm-hmm. like this I'll never get over this pain and it was just like I mean his own mama ain't had no issue with it so what what's your problem yeah yeah like I said I mean people people who cannot access their own joy really despise that in you and the biggest thing that we can do is to to stay and stand in our joy and say yeah this is who I am I'm happy with who I am I accept this part of myself good or bad and and here's this joy and 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 I do I really do believe when we are able to access our own freedom that's the most liberating thing we can do for others to say like it's okay for you to be yourself because I'm myself like that's a perfect place to end (laughs) thank you I really appreciate it for telling me your story and you know allowing me the space um to tell your story um is there anything in particular you would like to promote? Is there anything you got coming up personally? Um, you know, I mean, I'm looking for you know more opportunities to do organizing work, to do strategic planning. If anybody is looking to do that work, I, I specialize in in helping in public spaces, um, nonprofits. Um, so I am, yeah, I am hireable. Amen, amen. I'm on the market. Amen, amen. <laughs> You want the link to her CV? I will also put it in the description. But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, though, um, Hannah's also just really artsy and really creative and, like, puts together awesome playlists. So I will put her Instagram handle in the description so that you can follow her. Uh, Be sure to like, share, and comment this podcast. Um, Until next time, which will be very soon because, you know, these Jones is coming out. Hot like fire, fresh out the oven. All right, y'all. Have a good night.